Look, I just prefer to sleep naked. The flight attendants could be a bit more understanding. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Hi there again and welcome. This is Across the Table and I'm really glad you're here. I'm sitting here staring into a microphone and pretending it's you. I love my audience, I love my fans, I love my friends. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a really great week. It's been, um, you know, and for and again, no apparent reason... Just, uh, I feel hopeful and I feel motivated and I feel forward and I've got, you know, got some things to talk about. Got, uh, got a lot of, uh, interesting things happening in my excessively interesting life. And, uh, let me start off by saying I am extremely grateful for this, for this life. Um, met with a therapist this week. I've been interviewing different, uh, different doctors, different therapists, uh, trying to seek out some mental health for myself. Um, those of you out there considering it or, or finding a way, uh, even if you believe you can't afford it, there are, uh, there are clinics and there are people that work on sliding scales and there are, there is help to be had. So I went out seeking it and I went out seeking it boldly like I do most everything or I attempt to do in my life. I, I want to lead by example for, 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 you know, no better, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, I always encourage love and I encourage uh, finding strength and loving yourself. And if I'm not going to do it for myself, I shouldn't be up here talking about it. So I met with uh, three over the past week. I, I talked to uh, a young gentleman that um, we, we spent about 45 minutes together and it just... For me, it wasn't clicking. It just didn't work out so well. Um, nothing against him, of course. And I, I could tell you a horror story uh, about a therapist, and I'll do that in a minute. In fact, that would be a good lead-off on this. But for whatever reason, we just didn't click together. I didn't feel um, quite right about it. Nothing Again, nothing bad, just not right, just not what I, I needed. Uh, the second gentleman I met with, we clicked really well, and, and he really listened uh, very closely, and um, and I enjoyed his counsel, and, and and I felt really good about it. And I was leaning towards him. The only drawback, and then here's the thing: the only real drawback was that he knew me. He knew uh, he had never seen me live, but he had stumbled across uh, videos on on uh, YouTube, and so he knew my work, and he knew me before I showed up. He told me he didn't have a problem with that, that he would be able to remain, you know, neutral and, and be able to offer, you know, counsel the way it was. But there was just something about that that, to me, made me the tiniest bit uncomfortable. I, I, I want to approach a therapist with a, with a, a clean slate, as it were, uh, at least in our relationship, um, and not have some kind of an expectation um, before I walk in the door. So... While I thought he was great, and, and he really was on the, uh, he was at the number one spot when I was looking, I, I kept searching. And uh, the third that I met up with, let's call her Whitney, um, very empathetic, very close listener, offered, I mean, even as a consultation, 
offer me some some sound advice and some sound coping mechanisms, uh, even if we didn't move forward, even if I didn't uh, choose her as a therapist, she was uh, very interested in my well-being and um, very professional, and, and I, I left feeling very, very hopeful. And, and I, I took some time over the weekend to consider it, and I believe she's the one I'm going to go with. Um, she is expensive. She, uh, you know, therapists are, but it's something that needs to be done. And she also said that if it got to a point where um, I couldn't afford her or her sliding scale, and she's she's got she's willing to work with me to a point, of course. Um, but but she has to make a living. But she does have other um, options to offer should money become an issue, because sometimes it does. Um, and she also does, uh, she does Skype counseling and she does telephone counseling. So if I'm away or if I'm traveling, there's, there's that. So it can be a consistent, um, therapy and, and consistency in these things is key. You really have to commit to, to making it habit. In fact, one of the ways of, uh, of, of challenging depression is to become, you know, find a good routine, do the things that, that bring you healthy types of joy and uh, and move forward from there. So that's the update as far as my mental health goes. And I know you didn't ask, but uh, but you tuned in to listen, and I hope you're still with me. <laughs> uh, and I hope you'll stick with me uh, for the next little bit. I really do appreciate all of you. Um, do me a favor. Uh, I'm still looking for feedback. Anything you do to leave a review, leave a, a couple of words of encouragement, Anything at all. It's more valuable than you can realize. Um, Subscribe if you haven't. uh, Recommend it to friends you think might enjoy it. Uh, Help me expand my voice as you see fit. If you're enjoying it, tell some friends. If uh, if you're not enjoying it, I can't help you. I'm going to be me. Uh, Everything that comes out is going to be straight from me, straight out of my heart, and the absolute truth because... This is, uh, this is how I've dedicated to where my life is going to go from this point forward. Um, I don't, I've never considered myself a deceptive man, even though being a, a magician, that there's a certain thing that goes along with that. But I want to deliver truth through my art. I want to deliver love and joy and truth through the things that my hands and my voice do. So there's that. My, uh, my therapist story. And you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it's true. It's going to be what uh, what my friend Ted used to refer to as Hannibalisms, to where I would tell a, a story, um, and like I said, I leave an, I lead a very extraordinary life, and I meet some amazing, extraordinary people, and uh, some of the adventures I get myself into push the uh, sometimes push the envelope of belief. But Ted once upon a time told me that. He would listen to me tell my stories, and he enjoyed the way I told them, but in the back of his mind, he's going, well, I stretched the truth a little bit there just to make it more exciting or a better story, and that's okay. I like a good story, but but I don't believe it's all true. And then later on, he would get confirmation. He would find out that the story that I told was true, um, that these things had happened. And I can't give you a clear example right now. Ted probably could. But he would find out uh, that what I had said was, was the truth, and uh, he was pleasantly surprised to find out that was the fact. And so he, refer- he started referring to those moments as Hannibalisms, um, hearing a story and going, yeah, okay, cute story, but 
and then finding out the truth of it later. And I, I adore that. Um, <laughs> maybe it's the title for a future book, Hannibal-isms. I don't know. I don't believe much in ideologies anymore. Um, so here's a story. It is 100% true. I'm not going to embellish anything. Uh, I will give you uh, vivid descriptions of everything that happened. And, uh, and uh, well, anyway, enjoy it. So back three years ago, a little over three years ago, when I was struggling with sadness and anxiety, when I was really, I mean, I still do, don't get me wrong, it's, it's still out there, but I was, I was living uh, in my house with my wife and my kids. And I was just genuinely struggling with sadness and direction and where should I go and, and, and what should I be seeking and how should I live? And um, I recognize now a lot of, of what that was. But at the time, I was mired in it. I was, I was stagnant in my sadness and I wanted help. I, wanted a, I needed a solution. A friend of my wife's... Uh, uh, this is going to come out sounding wrong, but a church-going friend of my wife's, a, a lady that, a good friend of hers, that she met through church, and and uh, and they they have a very deep, loving friendship, um, recommended a woman that had helped her, a uh, a therapist out of a, of another church that had helped her with some depression or helped her with direction uh, a few years earlier. And, you know, okay, great. I, I think that's, uh, I'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. I know I need to talk to somebody. And in my mind, I'm going, if you, if you, can't, trust, <laughs> if you can't trust the church, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so we made an appointment. I called up. We made an appointment, and I went to visit. And um, I, I walked in, and she had a very uh, pleasant office, very pleasant meeting space. It was very comforting. It was very warm. Um, it, it felt a bit like a library to me. That's that's the best way I can describe it. She had several uh, books that she had written that were on display, which I thought, okay, that's that's interesting. She's uh, she's obviously spent some time in this, and she's, she's published, so that's important. And um, but something, you know, first impressions with me, I, I read people quickly, I size people up quickly because that's my job, that's, that's what I do. And something about her immediately just put me off. Uh, I, I felt very uncomfortable from the, from, from the moment. But unlike lately, in those days, I, um, I, I kind of ignored that feeling. I pushed it to the back of my head and, and said, no, I'm, she's here to help, and I'm here to get help, and let's let's see what happens. Let's see, you know, where we go with this. What's the what's the protocol? How do I act? What do I talk about? What, do I, what kind of questions? I, I was confused, and it was my first time, you know. Um, the best description, and, 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 and I'm going to go ahead and straight up, she was pleasant through the entire thing. She had a very great demeanor. She knew how to talk. She, she talked calmly and with confidence. And a few of the things initially that she was talking to me about were nice and, and led up to, you know, comforting uh, type feeling. But if I was going to describe her, uh, for those of you who are Harry Potter fans, either of the books or the movies, I'm simply going to say Dolores Umbridge. 
She was short-ish. She had a distinctive, what, what I refer to as a Baptist hairstyle, one that's been around since the 70s. My mother sported one for a while. Um, uh, Aquanet definitely featured in there somewhere, and and it's very conservative and very, you know, very businesslike, very nice. Um, conservative business suit uh, in a um, in an interesting shade of pink. Uh, and then the first thought that came into my mind was Dolores Umbridge, which if you know Dolores Umbridge from the movies or from the books, not the best impression to get right off the bat. Yes, she acts pleasant, but she's got evil up her sleeve, so to speak. Now, I didn't assign evil to this woman, um, but that was just, you know, my first click, Dolores Umbridge. That's, that's who I would categorize her. So we sat and we talked and she asked about my childhood. And I told her about my childhood. I had a very happy, uh, productive, middle-class, white childhood in, in the suburbs. You know, every, everything from the off of, living off of South Boulevard at one point to moving out to TGK. And we talked about my parents' divorce, and we talked about... She, she turned the conversation into my feelings about my parents' deaths and how they, how they died and how, it, how their deaths and their loss made me feel and how I dealt with those losses. And, um, you know, I, I, I went along with it. I talked, and I talked to her honestly, and I, I delivered everything. Uh, we must have... It must have been 45 minutes to an hour that we just question and answer. Tell me about, you know, tell me about this. Where did you go to school? Who were your friends? Um, are your grandparents still living? Tell me about the loss of them. And so on and so on. And where did your, where did your parents come from and what was their history? Which I thought were odd questions because, it, you know. But I went ahead I told them what I, I told her what I knew. And uh, she seemed happy with that. At the end of it, she she took my hands and she says, what I'm going to tell you might be difficult to accept or understand, but I want you to know that I have been praying about this since you walked in and the word I've got from God is this. She went on to tell me that the sadness that I was feeling and the, the anxiety that I was fighting against were actually demons, that I had been plagued with several demons uh, around my uh, around my spiritual self that were trying to pluck at my soul and keep me sad for as long as they could. And the reason for these demons, she tells me, is that sometime in my past, she had a very clear vision. Someone in my past, either probably on my mother's side, but it could have been from either side, was a serial killer. I'm going to let that sink in for a second and I'll repeat it. The reason my, this therapist told me that I was feeling sad and that I had massive anxiety was because I had demons that were causing me to feel that. There was a demon of depression and there were several demons of anxiety that were stabbing at, plucking at my soul to try to keep me down and to keep me in check. And that the reason that I had these demons was because someone in my family, could have been from either side, but most likely from my mother's, was a serial killer and God was visiting or allowing God was allowing demons to be visited on my person because of my ancestry. The curse uh, goes down through several generations. It's possible your children won't suffer from it, 
but if we exercise the demons from you, then you can lead a normal life and your children won't be plagued by these demons later. And she offered to set up an appointment for an exorcism. She offered to set up an appointment for an exorcism because I was depressed and anxious. I want to take a moment to let you know that if someone is depressed and anxious and sad, the last thing you want to do is tell them that they are plagued with demons and that they should be exercised. Anyway, telling you, true story, not stretching the truth the least little bit. So at that time, I smiled and I nodded and I said, you know, this is some very heavy information. This is some, I didn't expect, you know, this much truth all at once. Would you mind if I asked my wife to come in and join us? And would you, would you please tell her what you told me? I'm afraid that if I tell her, um, she won't believe me or, you know, I might mess the story up. Um, I, I would prefer if you would tell her if that's okay. Oh, and she readily agreed. That's fine. Yes, absolutely. So I went outside and uh, I got Dawn and I asked her to come inside and she sat and uh, the, the woman went, um, went through the whole thing again. And, and Dawn kept her, her best poker face on and didn't, uh, didn't make any, any you know, no, didn't notice that it was affecting her because she can, she can do that. She's very good at that. She masked uh, those emotions. And uh, we thanked her and we said we'd be in touch and we'd talk about, you know, <laughs> having the exorcism and then uh, follow-up treatments to that and, and getting my soul back healthy and et cetera and so on and so on. And we walked out and we got in the van to drive home and I was shaking. I was, I was angry. I was scared. I was, I was shocked. I, it, 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 it tore me up. I, it just, you know, that, how ludicrous, how stupid and how, this is my only experience at that time with an actual therapist. And, 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 and I'm going, you know, your friend got help from this woman and, 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 and recommended, recommended her to me. And Dawn was shaking her head and she's like, I don't get it. I don't understand that. That's not, that's, that's silliness. That's, that's just dumb. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe, you know, maybe my friend had a different experience, but craziness, you know? And then right before we got home, she's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe you should give it a shot. Maybe you should try it because maybe just the act of doing something would, you know, would shake up something in your head. And that, that, I didn't want to go back to another therapist. I didn't want to go to counseling. I didn't want to do any of that anymore. It was horrifying. And, um, I wrote about it. It's been years ago, but I wrote about it. I put it up on the blog, and and some people just couldn't believe it was true. But, um, but yeah, it it shook me badly. It, it, you know, there were a lot of straws that uh, eventually broke my marriage, and this wasn't the last one, but it certainly was one of them. Um, I I wrongly put some blame on her for, for taking me to the, or, you know, 
put some blame on Dawn, that is, for recommending me to this therapist. And and it it prevented me from wanting to get further treatment. And, and one of the ultimatums that I got, you know, uh, later on down the road was if you're not going to be in therapy, if you're not going to try to talk to a therapist, you know, I don't want you around. I became very hard to live with, you know, apparently. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not here to argue that point. I, I could imagine there are times I'm very hard to live with. But I'm me, you know. And uh, I am seeking better counsel and, and, and getting better. So that's my uh, that's my initial meeting with uh, with any type of a, of a therapist. Um, and and honest to God, I, I'm, I wouldn't give her name if I could remember it. But I don't remember names that long. And and it was a, it was a church, but I'm not going to give the name of the church. I, I just feel like. I, I, I'm not exactly sure why she's in the position that she's in. There's there's a lot of scam artists and and and, and others worse than that out there, I suppose. But um, actually having an office in an established uh, house of worship is uh, it, it. I don't understand it. It, it, it makes no sense to me um, that she is not at least, you know. Uh, audited for her her work and, and and you know someone should be looking in on it um i um i don't know but uh it, it shook me for a while and it, it's taken me a while to get back around to it and i've had some some good therapists in the past couple of years uh, since moving out um one that retired and uh and couldn't uh, see me anymore and one that i for a brief period of time was doing some, we were doing some good work together but um, a couple of issues came up, some, some trust issues came up from, from outside of the practice. And also I got in a, you know, with the, with the, the divorce and the, and the court costs and the lawyer costs and everything else, um, money's been very tight. Yeah. Uh, that, that's always an issue right now. It'll, it'll, it'll pass. I'll overcome it, but, um, it has slowed my progress to some extent. So I know these, these, these are scary times. This, this is the reason I'm going to be doing, um, and, and I, again, there's, there's things that I can't say. There's things that I can't uh, reveal just yet, but um, I'm, I'm doing a very special event uh, coming up soon, several special events coming up soon. Um, on a local level right now, just, just as an FYI, uh, I will be at Matthews Alive again this year. Uh, they didn't uh, they didn't have me in my regular spot last year. They, they, they're moving some things around and trying new ideas, which is great. You know, always try to keep it fresh. Um, but apparently there was some feedback, some outcries, some inquiries, and the public wants me back. So 2 o'clock in Matthews, North Carolina... In the inside the community center, I'll be doing uh, my show there. Uh, immediately following that, uh, on Labor Day, I'm going to be in Los Angeles. September the 4th, I will be appearing at uh, the, uh, the three clubs for Monday Night Tees. And I'll be closing that extraordinarily special show. Uh, with a with a new version of well not a new version but a, a a special version of the naked truth, 
Um, if you are in the L.A. area, if you can get to the L.A. area, this show, from beginning to end, is going to be incredibly special and heartfelt and emotional and once in a lifetime. I don't, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. There are limited tickets. It's time to buy a ticket, support this particular art. Uh, it's going away. This show, Monday Night Tees, is going away. It is not long for this world. It is, uh, it is closing its doors very soon. And an icon of Hollywood, uh, after 14 years, is closing down. Monday night's show, September the 4th, is going to be incredibly special. Um, great guests, great emotions, great art is going to be presented straight from the heart uh, at the three clubs. Be there if you at all possibly can. I can't stress that enough, not just because I'm going to be on the stage, but the whole show itself is going to be special, and I'm going to be presenting a very unique version of The Naked Truth. Right now, there is more fear than I think I've seen in my lifetime out in the general public. Now, now I'm going to, there's a caveat to this. I see it, and I see it in the news, and I see it on all kinds of different news channels, uh, both in the United States and the ones that I watch from overseas. There's fear in the world, and it's growing. And it can be countered, and love can win, but love takes action. I can't believe in my lifetime, in, in 2017, there are still white supremacists. There are still Klansmen. There are still nationalists and alt-rights and Nazis, freaking Nazis alive and well and, and attempting to flourish in these United States. White privilege is, is uh, overtaking some people's better sense, I think. So I'm going to do my best to counter the fear that is prevalent in the air, my own notwithstanding, uh, but my friends, my friends that are that are literally afraid for their lives, afraid for their children. I'm standing, and I'm going to be visible and vocal, and 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 use the privilege that I was born with to try to help to the best of my ability and the best of my knowledge, and with all the heart that I can put into it. I love. I love you all. I love, I love humanity. I love life. I love the beauty that is in the world and that is prevalent. And honest to God, there are some times when the best thing for you to do is to turn the news off and to turn off the, the social media and to get outside into the beauty of things. Volunteer to help those that are down on their luck. You know, the, the, the best thing that I've found for, for helping my depression is to reach out for someone who's not as well off as I am, to do the best I can to help, to, to serve, to, to serve food, to make food, to meet my neighbors. We are all, <laughs> to, to kind of cop a line from Mike Birbiglia, China are our neighbors, Europe are our neighbors, Canada, Mexico, Texas are our neighbors. Love your neighbor. The whole world, I mean, yeah, it's vast, but man, it's, it's tiny in comparison to everything else. And love is the stronger force. And believe me, 
being able to spread joy and being able to, to, to give of yourself, even when it seems futile, even when it seems like the person you're talking to or, or trying to support is, is not accepting it and not getting it. The, the act of your kindness carries more weight than you can possibly imagine. Because I know I was a stone for a long time, but people kept chipping away at me and kept throwing love at me and putting it in my face and making sure that I knew I was cared about. And it makes a difference. And and to my dear friend, my dear friend, that, that I don't know as well as I could, we've, we've had a, a kind of a casual relationship. And then that's fine. That's, you know, on, on both ends. I love her dearly, and, and I know she cares about me as well. My dear friend, who, who has suffered so much loss and is, and is, is struggling to get on her feet and, and struggling to move forward and to... And to grieve naturally, but but to look for an end of grief. She she worried out loud on my board tonight that she felt like she was a burden, like she she was burdening her friends with her problems, and 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 there are times when, and believe me, I've been there too. But there were times when she felt like she couldn't reach out because she felt she'd asked too many times in the past. I hear some hard truth. This is this is hard, absolute truth, and I'm I'm saying it from, from a, from my heart, my love filled heart. Okay, so maybe you're a burden. So maybe it's tough having to witness your grief, and having to once again put on a smile and say it's all going to be okay, and it's okay to grieve, and it's okay to cry, and it's okay to be upset, it's okay to be angry. And say those things again and again, even when it doesn't feel like she's getting them. Okay, so you're a burden, but I'm your friend, and I love you, and I will, I will help bear that burden. And if I can't do it alone, I will call in another friend to help me to help bear your burden. It's okay to burden your friends. That's why we're friends. And your burden is really light. It really, really is. I know it feels like, and it is in some ways, the end of the world. It's, it, the world is changing and, and you're trying to adapt to it. But you are loved. And love is, is so much stronger. And everything shall be well. Love your friends. Pour your love into your daughter. And I know she's at an awkward stage in life, too, and she's trying to deal with and cope with things, and you have to lean on each other, and you being the parent are bearing the brunt of most of that, and I feel it, and I sympathize, and I love you, and I'm right here. And so are dozens and dozens of others that are not tired of hearing about your grief, are not tired of helping you bear your burden. You are so loved. And I feel your hurt. And I would take it away if I could, Sometimes I do my best to do so, and I, and I will show you love, and I will show you laughter, and show you joy in the, in the gifts that I've been given to show these things. You helped me in, in so many just enormous ways when I was at my lowest, and you stepped forward, and you were a great friend, and, and you, you gave unselfishly, and you, you gave above and beyond of yourself and, and of the gifts that you had to give. And I will never, ever forget your kindness. 
I will never forget the kindness that you showed me in the middle of your own grief and your own, starting off on your own hard life, you gave me a hand up. You're an amazing, amazing human being. I don't even know if you listen to this podcast, but for those of you that do, for those of you in my circle, if you know Kim Greaser and you know what she's been through, I'm here to tell you she's an amazing friend. She's an amazing human. And I will help bear the burdens that, that she offers as long as I possibly can. And I will call on you to help if I need the help. To help with that. She's worth it and she's worthy and she is amazing. I wasn't going to call your name. I don't need, Like I said, I don't even know if you're listening to this. But Kim Greaser saved my life. And I am grateful, and I will do my best for her and for others. There's, there's more than I can count that, uh, that have stepped up for me uh, in, during this, this, this terrible time that I've been going through. But if you're listening, it, it, and that's not just for Kim, but for everybody else, and those of you that have stuck around this long and are still listening to this podcast, I care about you, and I'm grateful for you. And I say these words out in my empty house to this microphone because it's necessary, and I get it out. And, and man, it gives me so much joy to be able to sit here and, and unload my heart for you and on week after week, and sometimes more often. Anyway, thank you. Uh, I made notes uh, earlier about dealing with depressions, thing, things that helped me. Um, when things seem overwhelming or you're questioning yourself or you're, you're trying to deal with your own heart and wondering if you're worthy, if you're a dancer, if you're a painter, if you're one of my countless Renaissance friends that, that are out there in the sunshine, spreading joy, I admire you and I'm glad for what you're doing. And I know how hard it is sometimes. Um, my notes. Um, Set goals for daily activities. Uh, plan full days. Uh, you know, find something for your hands to do. Uh, <laughs> old wives' tale, old grandmother thing. Uh, idle hands are the devil's work. Uh, something like that. Um, I don't think I believe it that far, but it is better to do than to sit and 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 molder or smolder. Find the things that make you happy. Find the little joys that you have. Um, the sunshine, the, the, the planning for the eclipse last week. Look for, for more things you can do by yourself and with friends. Find activities. Find things you enjoy and, and actually do them. Don't compare yourself to other people, for God's sake. Don't compare your life to the way other people are living their lives. That's a, that's a, a bad path to walk. And don't even, don't, this is tougher, and, and I struggle with this one too, don't compare the life you're living now with the life you were living a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago. Live right now, right now, put your, put your feet on the ground and then live on the ground you're standing in. Don't be afraid to reward yourself for the baby steps that you are taking. 
ask for encouragement. I mean, it's it's okay as as okay as it is to ask for help and to ask for someone to listen when you're feeling down. It's also okay to ask people for encouragement, to ask them to uh, to give you an attaboy every once in a while. You're you're learning to travel again. You're learning to keep moving down your road and there's lots of people around you that will give you a, a, a helping hand or a, a helping word when you need it. And even when you're at your highest, you know, even when you're having a great day, it's nice to have someone who will reach out and, uh, and encourage you for it. So, and it's something you can do as well. I've found that if I randomly pick a few friends and just send them a message, send them a text, send them a, a Facebook message saying, hey... I was just thinking about you and how grateful I am for you. It does so much good, not only for the person you're telling, but so much for yourself as well. I cannot stress the amount of, of you know, reaching out, putting, putting your heart out there, and, and even when it's broken, even when you feel like you, you don't have anything to offer, you do. You absolutely do. I do card tricks when I'm feeling at my worst. I, I will go and make somebody laugh. And it eases the burden. Drink water. Eat smart. Have your alone time when you need it, but but get amongst people you love and trust. You're not you're not that heavy a burden. You're not. You just you aren't. Sometimes the answer from people that you need to talk to, sometimes the answer is absolutely gonna be not now. I can't right now. So find someone else. I found a lot of I found a lot of comfort in books, in in old movies that that I had, I loved when I was a kid. Um, there's comfort and there's joy in these things. So you know, seek like I was always say, seek out the small joys and make it happy. You're amazing. You're special. You you are. Um, there's there's pushback some sometimes now these days people want to put everybody in their own place or whatever but you are grand you you are unique amongst millions of people and yeah statistically i know the science and i know the etc cetera, etc cetera. so what you're the only one who lives in your heart you're the only one who sees through your eyes or hears through your ears and and those things, those physical things, aren't going to be around forever. But you can use them to help yourself. You can love your own heart. You can reach out and help the hearts of others. And it's a great medicine. It's a totally great medicine. I'm not even sure where I was going with this. I, I really have no idea of, of what my goal was for today. I, I just literally, I sat down, I... I uh, Wrote a quick joke and and I um, I started talking. This was not uh, not the path I planned on because I didn't plan on a path. Monday night teas. I work with variety artists. I work with jugglers. I work with mimes. I work with. The, the most amazing, incredible, creative people who aren't striving so much for fame and fortune. You know, we always have the eye out for it. 
when it, you know, circles us. We always uh, reach for the brass ring, so to speak. But uh, but for the most part, it's it's the it's the day to day, you know. It's the it's the one audience at a time. It's the it's the working on the act or the costumes or or whatever it is you're doing next. And then that's where the art comes in. That's where the love of, of what you do comes in, what you're spreading. I work with burlesque performers. I work with strippers. I work with everything across the spectrum, from color to people of color to, to different religions, to atheists, to agnostics, to hardcore Catholics. Every... Every aspect of, 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 of so many hundreds and, and dozens of hundreds of, of different backgrounds in my life. And they taught me to lose my fear of those things. They taught me to, to look outside of the circle that, that was drawn around me in my, in my youth and, and, and to see the beauty in individuals. Man, I wish, I wish there was a way to teach that to people. The only way I found at all that works so far is, is, you know, being solid in your beliefs, being solid in the love that you're standing on and, and not tolerating hate around you, but also extending the, the love that you have because, and, you know, and I've made this point before, but it's, it's, it was a child that at one point got taught something wrong. The, the Nazis that are out there, the, 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 the hate groups of, you know, all over the world that are out there at one point were, were simple, innocent children that were taught the wrong thing. It's education and it's love and it's joy and it, and it can overcome. I've seen it on a small scale and, and, and it can happen on a, on a much bigger one. We're, we're told by our leadership that the the answer to conquering our fears is to build a bigger wall. And, and I just, as a grown-up, sorry to use that word, but as a grown-up, I've got to point out that, that it, it's not. It's, it's a dumb idea. And it's been proven in history again and again and again that walls are simply a waste of time. <sighs> I'm not ranting about that right now. I know for sure he ain't listening because he's not tweeted about me yet. Life goal, hashtag life goal, get tweeted about by our illustrious leader. I don't know, maybe I could make that happen. <laughs> me, magician, card trick boy. Never know, man, you never know. Smallest gesture could change the entire world. You can certainly change somebody's entire world, at least one individual. If you're listening, my artist friends, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you do. I'm 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 in awe of of the stamina and the and the pushing through the tears and the pushing through the pain that it takes to get up on that stage and bring happiness out to your audience. To stand up proudly and say, This is my heart. And I'm gonna display it here for you right now. 
and having the guts and the courage to absolutely do it, man, man, I'm so proud of you for doing that. Don't ever give that up. It's better than any drug. It's better than, than most anything out there. It's, it's doing what you were born to do, doing the ability that was built into you, into your DNA from the moment you were conceived. It's incredible. It's, it's, I'm not going to throw the word miraculous around lightly, but it's miraculous. And my friends that are maybe not living their dream, but keeping their dream, and doing it as a hobby to bring joy to themselves. And, and those of you that are sitting there, maybe you're listening to this or you're on your way to a job that, that you have simply to make sure that the lights stay on, to make sure that the water keeps flowing, to make sure that you have a roof over your head. And so you do the job you have to do in order to keep those things happening. I am proud of you. It's thankless sometimes. It's, it's drudge sometimes, but you do it. You do it because you care and because you have love for yourself and for the people that you're doing it for. And that's something to absolutely be proud of. What I can offer you is a constant voice. And that may be, you know, that may be the theme of this little podcast is just to, to occasionally say to the to the handful of you that are out there listening, I'm glad you're listening. And, and let me tell you how proud I am of you. And let me tell you how great you are. I'll be more than happy to do that. Hell, write me and tell me about yourself. I'd love to know more. I want to I come and support your shows. I want to come and be in the audience. I, I want to be there for you in, in the way that you've been there for me in so many countless times. <laughs> the little things don't go unnoticed. The, the beauty that you're laying out there and the, and the hardships that you're going through, you know, to, to be able to do those things, it doesn't go unnoticed. I'm right here. You know, something's bothering me, and I want to get this story out. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe, maybe it's the wrong thing to do. Maybe I'm only exacerbating the wound, but I'm a little bit mad, and I'm a little bit hurt. I'm, I'm saying this... <laughs> I'm going to relate this story because of the audacity that someone had to assume that I would be okay with it. Um, I'm going to, I have, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm struggling with the fact that, uh, well, I'm going to tell the story. That's, that's going to happen. My, my struggle right now, my, I wasn't planning on bringing this out to the airwaves, but my struggle right now is, is it better to name names or to not name names? Um, what was said, what was posted, was said publicly. Uh, this person had no shame in, in attaching their, uh, their name to what they had to say. Uh, I'm going to make it generic. I'm not going to... Uh, not at this time. It's a, it's a bad choice to make at the time that I'm trying to make it, and so I'm just going to go with um, I won't I won't name his name. But but here's what happened. So every Monday, most every Monday, I I have not been extremely vigilant sometimes, but most every Monday I try to put up a uh, an Ask Hannibal anything 
uh, on Facebook. Just a, an exercise of, you know, is there anything you want to know about me? Is there anything you want to know about how I put my show together? Do you want to know about my, you know, how I deal with things in my personal life? I've got a lot of experience at my age, and maybe I can offer, you know, offer some out to you. Kind of what I'm doing here. Um, in some ways, it's a bit of an ego trip. In some ways, it's a bit narcissistic, like I have something I could actually offer advice on. Really? Me? But I'm going to do it. Uh, it is at some some ways navel-gazing, just uh, looking at myself uh, through the questions that I get. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm just learning about me publicly. At any rate, uh, it has been beneficial to a few people, at least. That's what they tell me. And so I'm going to keep doing it, at least, you know, for the foreseeable future. It's not something I'm going to going to stop doing at any rate. Uh, most of the day went by fine. And then late afternoon, uh, a magician, uh, a friend, kind of, that I've worked with before, um, someone who always struck me as a little bit off, uh, pursuing the wrong things, but it's none of my business. Uh, how you run your business, how you work your art. Unless you ask me directly, um, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to come in and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. You know, I might write that as a, as a blanket statement for, for a, as magicians as a group. Like, why are we rising to our own mediocrity and stopping? But I'm not going to point at someone's act and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. You should do it this way. That's not what I do, or at least that's not how I try to live. So he always seemed a bit off to me. He always seemed a little bit not quite there, but none of my business. We don't really work directly together all the time. We've worked one venue one time separately. He was working over here. I was working over there. We never, our paths never crossed. But anyway, he wrote... Uh, on the uh, on the thread of Ask Hannibal Anything, um, three words. He wrote, white lives matter. There had been, up until that point, throughout the day, no discussion of race, no discussion whatsoever about things that were happening in different parts of the country, uh, no discussion whatsoever about uh, protests or marches or anything. Out of the blue, he writes, white lives matter. And it, it took me aback. It, 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 it stunned me for a second. Not so much what he had written, because Lord knows I have watched poison and hatred and words that were simply uttered to provoke. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of those three words. And even strung together in a sentence like that, white lives matter, in general, is not a provocative statement. But he didn't just string those three words together randomly, like innocently. No, not in this day and age, not with everything that's going on. He wrote white lives matter as a, as a direct response, even though we had not been talking about such things, to Black Lives Matter. 
And I was repulsed and I was disgusted. And it wasn't even just, like I started to say, it's not even the words that he used because believe me, I've seen much worse thrown around. But first of all, not on my page, not on, forgive me, not on my property, you are not going to come along and try to provoke some kind of race-baiting bullshit on my time and in my space, and certainly not in my presence. Not ever. So the moment it popped up, I happened to be, luckily, I happened to be sitting at my desk. It didn't last very long on my page. And I used some fairly harsh language. I, sorry, I, fuck you. Don't do that. Not on my page. You don't get to say stuff like you say it on your own page. If you, you know, stand up and show us your hatred in your yard. Don't come into my yard where people might mistake me for you or, or, or think that I would allow something like that to stand on my page, on, on my identity. No, no, sir. That will not happen. And his response to me saying this, before I had the opportunity to block him from my life, because I'd already made that decision, before I could do any of that, he goes back to my page and on, on that same thread and writes, white power. And all I can think to say is, oh, hell no. No, not here, not in front of me, not, no. I dare you to say it in my face. I dare you to say it around people that I care about. <sighs> Forgive me, I got I got a little steamed, I got a little angry, and by God, why not get angry? Sorry, nope, nope, not right here. There's a time and a place. I got angry, and I got my feelings out, and I sent him a message and immediately blocked him from my page, and in my righteous indignation, question mark, I posted it, I posted about it vaguely at the top of my page, and, well, here, let me read you exactly what I wrote. I'm going to leave his name out uh, at this point. It's, it's on the page, but here it is. A note that I shouldn't have to give. Do not, under any circumstances, insert your white power message into my page. I don't care who you are. I just blocked, blank, blank, a magician who should have known better. I am serious. I will not stand for hate in my house. I will not stand for hate in my house. You will immediately ignite my anger on something like that. There are too many people that I love, that I am close to, that those two words would strike fear into, that would strike, that would raise their ire, that, that would hurt them. Far too many people that I care about that those two words would injure to allow you to wield them on my page. No, it won't happen, and it won't happen in my presence. And beyond that, forget my friends. Don't forget my friends, but forget my friends in this instance. Forget the people that I know and love. We are humans. We are the human race. We are one. We are... We have marginalized people and we have put people down for far too long. We have technology. We have such advancements in, in science and, and thought processes that, that 
hate doesn't have a, 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 a place to live. But people keep giving it a home. And I don't get it. Man, I just don't get it. I understand being angry. I understand being frustrated at situations. I understand jealousy and I understand envy and I understand all kinds of things like that. And boy, don't I understand fear. But that's not the way to overcome it. Love is the way to overcome it. Provocative, hate-filled words and statements won't improve your world or mine or my neighbor's. I'm trying real hard right now to love my enemy. And when you come and you spew something like that in public on my page, you have become my enemy. If you are a Nazi, you are my enemy. I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to try to show you a better way. I'm going to try to show you the power of the love that I have and the power that I know how to wield. And the, the, the fact that love will win, regardless of you, I'm going to try to show you that love, but by God, I will not tolerate your hatred in my presence. I will speak gently as, as long as my human side will allow me to. But your fear, the fear you're trying to sow, will not stand. It won't. I'm not talking religion. I'm not talking God and Satan. I'm not talking any kind of spiritual mythology you might cling to. And I'm not judging you that you do. I've seen too many people waving their banners of righteousness while at the same time trotting on their neighbors or putting their foot on their neighbor's neck. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about humanity. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about reaching out and, 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 and helping the people that you are currently trying to keep down. Yeah, I know. I know I'm a hypocrite. I know that I've let my anger and my fear get the better of me in the past, and I probably will again. But I'm saying, don't make it a lifestyle. Don't make hatred and fear the things that rule you. There's a better way. I do it with card tricks. You know how this 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 used to be a part of my show, used to be a bigger part of my show, and maybe it's time to get back to it, but I, I, I do card tricks for a living. I know you know that if you're listening to this, but in the way that singers will sing to worship the God that they worship, the way that dancers will dance with all their might in worship and 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 poets and and storytellers and everything else will give of all their might to worship the God they believe in. The God that I believe in is love. I believe that love is what makes the universe do what it does and behave the way it does. And that's, that's awfully woo. But it's the thing that I cling to. Love is my God. Marillion is my religion. Take it as you will. Let love rule. 
don't 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 be filled with hatred all the time it, it really will get you nowhere love can reach through the the clouds of depression and sadness that's that's the message i want to bring whether i'm talking here or or doing card tricks i started to make a point i'm sorry let me go by it might you know you know you, you listen to me you know i get rambled sometimes in the way that dancers will dance and singers will sing and musicians will play their instruments in praise of the God that gave them the gift. When I pray, I shuffle. I shuffle cards. I make the noise that shuffling makes. I feel the energy releasing as the cards as they bind together and fly apart. The ink and the paper and the glue and everything that make a unique aroma to a brand new deck of cards. The feel of the muscles in my hands as I work my craft. I feel like these are all gifts. And I'm exercising them in praise of the universe, of the God, of the Christ that gave them to me. And I'll do that until my body won't allow me to do it anymore. But I don't hide these things. I don't, I, I, I have hope. Man, I, I have fear, yes, and I have, I have times when it's very difficult to get moving, but I have hope. And if I've got it, I'm going to share it. I'm going to say it out loud. Spewing hateful words won't change anybody's mind. Calling out and 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 trying to make people fear. The, the protesters that I saw uh, in Uptown Charlotte protesting pride, what good did it do you? Did you win one more person over to your way of thinking? Or or did you did you make yourself look foolish in your hate and your fear and your pride and your pride? That's ironic. Um, you know what I mean, though. You, you raised your voices and you tried to make people afraid, you know, threatening them with hell, threatening them with, you know, everything, threatening, threatening them with condemnation from a loving God. What good did it do you? What good did it do you? What if, what if instead, what if instead you went... And you spoke to people. What if you listened to their stories? What if you just plain old accepted them as human beings created by the same creative loving God that you believe in? Whether they believe it or they don't, have enough faith in your faith to get to know and love your neighbor. And don't give me love the sinner, hate the sin. No, no, don't, no, that no good, no. Love the people, period. Love your neighbor. If you're following, you know, and I know that the, the big majority of faith-holding people that might possibly be within the, the realm of my voice, suffer you, Rob, I know. I, I, you're, uh, you're my, uh, uh, <laughs> this, this isn't going to apply to you because I know your beliefs are different and they're probably a handful of, of others who, who believe radically different than I do. But from what I see and the people that I see around them, if you are basing your life or, or ra waving a flag as a Christ follower, he did not say, 
love your neighbors but hate their house. He didn't say love your neighbors but hate their sins. He, there was no qualifier on the end of that sentence. Love your neighbors. Love your enemies because guess what? They're your neighbors too. There's no place in the, in, the, in the teachings and the followers of Jesus, in his words, that says, love them, but hate what they do. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, been wrong before, ever been wrong, happens to me. But in my belief and in the universe, the, the loving God that is love that, that I give my worship to and my praise to, there's no condemnation. We are all in this together. Rather than waving your banners and insulting their personas or getting on their face and making them fear you or the God you, you, you claim to represent, talk. Talk quietly and talk earnestly and talk love. You know what? You would win a lot more people to your side, to, your, to, to, to listen to your words. You would get a whole lot more people if you brought water, if you came with bottles of water, not labeled, not, you know, not with tracts wrapped around them and whatever. If you just simply said, I love you, and you gave them water or something comparable, you know, it's warm. It's hot outside. These people have been marching for their cause and and they're out representing themselves and what they believe in. And if you, gentle Christian, gentle Jew, gentle Muslim, whoever you are, whatever you follow, whatever you believe, if you gave them love, if you showed them love, not only would your message be stronger and accurate, but you'd win a lot more hearts than you do with fear. I, I, I got to believe, man, if you, if you, if by the some slim chance, and I can't imagine that there's anybody that actually listens to me that would have been out on the street carrying a banner of hate or anger or fear. But if you did, if, if you did, if, if, you, if you were out there and you're one of those people and you earnestly thought you were doing some good, please get in contact with me and let me know how many souls you won over to your side. I'll believe whatever you tell me. I, I want to hear from you. I, I don't think I'll get one note. I don't think I'll get one letter. I don't think I'll get one anything. You, you, you're just not going to win them that way. Fear ain't going to do it, ever. I mean, you, you, you preach that fear to a small child who doesn't know better, and he'll grow into the same kind of person you are, but you are not going to go out in public and, and, and throw that kind of fear around to total strangers and expect to do any good. All you're doing is posturing yourself. I haven't said enough, but that's my point. And it's always going to be, for me, it's always going to be show love, show compassion. Really dig into your heart and find the good that's in there. My... Uh, my beloved, beloved friends, 
I know that it's tough and I know there's a ton of fear out there and maybe you turn off the news and you 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 sit around the table with your family you sit across from your husband or your wife and you hold hands and you, you just talk you know it's been a long time since I've had the opportunity to do that, but every time I did, it was nurturing and fulfilling. Find a friend, find someone you love, and and get someplace where there's no distractions, and turn off the music, and turn off the the you know the distractions, and 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 talk to each other, and more than that, listen to each other. Yeah, what a radical idea, huh? <laughs> what a freaking hippie I am. Suffered enough loss in my life. I want you to know that you're valuable to me. I'm glad you're there. Oh, it's getting late. And uh, I've got a few things I've still got to do before uh, my day winds up. I, um, <laughs> if you've listened this far, let me uh, let me throw out a little personal a little personal um, info, I guess. I uh, I'm grieving and I'm getting better, and I spent a lot of time isolating myself uh, from people, and I made some bad choices in friends. I made some bad choices in people that that could not offer me uh, honest friendship, and you know that's okay. You go through your life and you you uh, you learn and. Um, but uh, if you if you pray, I'd ask you to pray. If you if you throw good feelings, if you send good vibes, whatever it is, um, if you drop me a note, if you just like to to start an open a, a conversation about things, the one thing that I'm missing in my life right now is is physical affection, and I am not talking about sex. Um, <laughs> missing that too. Not gonna lie about it. Uh, missing that too, an awful lot. But the thing that I need, the thing that has been uh, that has been uh, wearing at me lately, and I've always said this forum is going to be an open one, and you're going to hear from my heart. Um, if you don't want to hear the rest of this, thanks for coming. You're welcome to tune out now. This is raw time. Uh, hugs, cuddles, kisses. Physical affection is vital to life. And I don't have it. I don't have an outlet for it. I don't have... Someone made a suggestion um, about... Apparently there are professional cuddling services... <laughs> And uh, I'm not laughing because it's a bad idea. I think it's a really supremely awesome idea. It's also something there's no way in the world I can afford. But I don't, I'm not looking for a relationship. And I'm not, certainly not looking for one night stands and, and uh, casual sex. That's, that's not what I'm looking for. But I need physical affection. I need a companion, not a partner, not... Not yet, not not for a long way down this road, I think, but a companion, someone someone who uh, understands, 
and would offer platonic affection freely, if that makes sense. Um, anyway, uh, your prayers, your, your vibes, your whatever it is you, you throw out into the universe, that, that might come to me, that that might arrive on my doorstep. I, uh, I don't have the wherewithal to go out and seek it. Um, I am intensely focused on my work and my art and, and, and overcoming the, the money pit that I have to fill. Um, and I don't, I don't chase money, but right now I need it. Um, and, and it'll come. That part I know will come. It'll come around. I, I give good quality shows and I give, you know, I am worth what I charge. And uh, my reputation is solid. And I am building on that. But in my personal life, it's, it's more than just mere loneliness, which I've learned to accept and embrace. It's... Um, it's having honest talk, honest, deep talk with a companion. Uh, every once in a while, having someone to, you know, coming back from a trip, being able to call on the phone or, or have long conversations over the phone or over Skype or better yet, on my ridiculous couch, just holding hands or, or cuddling or too raw to use the word cuddling or snuggling when I'm not talking about sex. It's a vital part of who we are and what we are, and I'm feeling the lack of it. It's like, you know, if I could make a horrible comparison, it's like not getting enough vitamin C and developing scurvy. It's causing me some bitterness. It's causing me some some physical pain because I don't have it. And it could be partially um, remedied by having a pet. Uh, a dog that I could lavish with love and, and, and get affection, you know, in, in that fashion, which would be a help. Not not a perfect solution, but certainly a solution. The problem is I live alone and I travel. Um, and I am not of the position to have a a service dog. You know, that that's not in my makeup. That's not something I'll be doing. Um, but I, I, I can't... I cannot have a a pet that, you know, when I'm gone for a week or two at a time, you know, having someone else look out for it. And and there there are people that do, and there are people that have loved ones that look after their pets while they're away. But for me, it would be a, a more permanent thing. I'd be gone often. And um, there's just not, it, it wouldn't be kind to the pet. It wouldn't be good for the pet. And uh, I, I won't do that to, uh, to a loving animal. I won't do it. So send me your, your good thoughts, your good intentions, your prayers that um, affection might come my way. Uh, I'm not asking for volunteers either. <laughs> um, I, I, I love you and I cherish you all. And uh, that, that please understand that is not the message that I'm sending out. Um, I don't know where it will come from. I, I know that I will get surprised by joy again and again in my life, but this is the thing that I'm feeling the need for right now, and this is the thing that I'm putting the message for out there for right now. I need a physical, some kind of physical affection from a from a 
a loving companion. So, yeah, that's that's the end of that little commercial. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my audience. Thank you for your emotional, spiritual, and loving support. Thank you for your financial support. This podcast is uh, funded by you. Um, the Patreon account is still going. I will be going for quite a while to help me uh, through this uh, this thing. But it helps me to bring programs like this to you. If you enjoyed it, think about a uh, monthly contribution. Uh, recommended of five bucks a month. That I don't think that's that's overwhelming. Uh, if you can't do it, you can't do it. If you're not feeling led to do it, that's cool too. I ain't gonna let up, uh, and I'm not gonna tell you that uh, you can't listen. I'm not gonna make them private. Everything that I do is going to be public and out there. It always has been. It's always going to be. I'm going to wear my heart firmly on my sleeve. If you can help, it would be appreciated. If you can't or you won't, that's cool too. I love you no less in any event. Um, yeah, upcoming week, uh, Labor Day weekend, several shows, most of them private. Uh, Matthew's Alive at 2 o'clock in Matthew's at the Community Center. Um, the place generally gets packed when I'm there. Uh, it's, it's half me and my great show and half uh, that there's air conditioning. <laughs> so... Come get some air conditioning. Come watch a neat show. Um, I'd love to have you there. And it's family friendly. Um, I mean, ultra family friendly. Uh, I, I do a fairly clean, uh, edgy kind of a show regardless, but more so for this particular one. Um, families are welcome, uh, and we'll have some fun with it. A um, couple of private parties. On, uh, on Monday, I'm flying out to L.A., to see my friends Lily and Eddie and Rob and as many other people as I can squeeze in there um, uh, to meet. But my, my sole purpose is to work Monday night teas on their, uh, on uh, their, their, one of their farewell shows and uh, to bring some naked truth uh, to the, to the, the uh, patrons of that particular show. I hope there will be pictures. I imagine there will be pictures and video and, and some other things because it's going to be a very special show, so watch out for those as well. Over the next coming weeks, uh, I hope that I will be able to release more videos from the Petra's show. I'm waiting on that, and uh, Video Guy has just been very busy uh, with his own personal life. I'm not, not complaining. It's just uh, it's a waiting thing, being patient. So look out for those. Um... I don't think I've announced this yet, maybe, but October the 16th through the 22nd, October 16th through the 22nd, I will be at the Magic Castle in Hollywood, California, uh, performing in the late close-up slot, slot? <laughs> performing in the late close-up slot at the world-famous Magic Castle at the Academy of Magical Arts in Hollywood, California. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so look out for me there. Uh, festival in the park. I will be uh, in attendance and performing at the Magic Stage down in the Grove at Festival in the Park, as I have in years past. It's been a couple of years since I've been able to get there, but weather permitting, I will be there um, the entire weekend for Festival in the Park. Come by, have a, have a seat in the shade, watch some cool magic, hear some stupid jokes. 
Here's some Hannibalisms in my stories. This gives me hope, and I just noticed it on my needs-to-be-cleaned desk. Uh, this gives me hope, and um, I have it on my desk for a reason, because there are times when I'm feeling a lack of hope or, or a lack of self-esteem. I will, um, I will pick it up and read it. This is a book that my children gave me for Christmas a number of years ago. It is uh, Things to Consider, uh, written by Jim Henson. Um, and I want to read you the, the first poem that's in it. Uh, the foreword to this says, I believe that we form our own lives, that we create our own reality, and that everything works out for the best. I know I drive some people crazy, with which seems to be ridiculous optimism, but it has always worked out for me. Jim Henson. The words, uh, this is a second forward um, by someone else, uh, someone who made this poem pretty famous. The words say, it's not easy being green, but the song is about knowing who you are, and in it, you can hear Jim's message most clearly. He believed that people are good and that they want to do their best and that no matter how or why we might be different from anybody else, we should learn to love who we are and be proud of it. And that's Ray Charles. It's not that easy being green, having to spend each day the color of the leaves. When I think it might be nicer being red or yellow or gold or something much more colorful like that. It's not that easy being green. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things, and people tend to pass you over because you're not standing out like flashy sparkles on the water or stars in the sky. But green is the color of spring, and green can be cool and friendly-like, and green can be big like an ocean or important like a mountain. Or tall like a tree. When green is all there is to be, it could make you wonder why. But why wonder? Why wonder? I'm green and it'll do fine. And I think it's what I want to be. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for love, and I sincerely hope that there is love where you are. It's not easy being green Having to spend each day the color could be something so much nicer like red a yellow aquamarine or something more colorful like that it's not easy being green 
It seems you're blending with all kinds of ordinary things And people tend to pass you over Cause they're not standing out like flashy sparkles in the water Or stars in the sky Green's the color of spring Green can be cool and friendly life Green can be baked like a mountain Important like a river Or tall like a tree Green is all that you can be It sort of makes you wonder why Why wonder, why wonder, why wonder I'm green And that'll do just fine Besides, it's all I wanna be You wonder why, but why wonder, why wonder, I'm green, and I think it's beautiful, and besides, that's all I want to be. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. 